Can we all bow our heads and let us pray together? To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is discarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word, O oh Lord. Even though we grow tired and weak and our bodies grow sick, Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. So God, we trust in your unfailing love, O oh Lord. We trust in your providence, O oh God. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God, we look to you, the one who is everlasting, the one who is unchanging. Lord, we look to you, God, at this time. We humble ourselves, and we lay down all of our crowns, all of our rights, and all of our worries, O oh Lord, in this life. So God, speak to us, God, this morning. As you transition now to the message, O oh Lord, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, O oh Lord, Lord, may be pleasing in your sight. For, Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We give you all the glory and, and, and the honor that your name deserves. May your name be praised to the ends of the earth from now and forever. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. And God's people pray. Amen. And Amen. All right, let's get started. We are going to continue on with our Authentic Christianity series. And the title of today's message is called Life in God, Years to Hear. Can we turn to our neighbor and ask them a question? Do you have ears to hear? Amen. God bless you. Okay, let's begin with the main passage today, found in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 21. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 21. And the title is called, The Lord Calls Samuel. The Lord Calls Samuel. Again, life in God, years to hear. Let's begin with verse 1. It says this, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Verse 2, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. So right away we see 
there are two important descriptions. The word of God was rare, and Eli, the priest, the main priest, he's getting old. So he couldn't see, he could barely walk, and he was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God, verse 3, had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. Verse 5, And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can we read that section all together? Ready? One, two, three. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli, Everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning, then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Amen. A few descriptions here. If you look at verse 3. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down where? In the house of the Lord. Where was he? In the place where the ark of God was, meaning he dwelt in the house of God. Also, we see Samuel, he is not a mature believer yet. He said he had not yet known the Lord. He did not know the Lord yet. And you could tell because where, let's see, what does he say? Go lie down. Okay, he says in verse 9, Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And when God calls him, Samuel, Samuel, again, 
how does he respond to God? He doesn't say word for word exactly what Eli told him to say, but he missed the part where it says, Lord, he says, speak, for your servant is listening. And we see, we'll see as we get into this subject, into this text, you'll see the maturity of Samuel. In the beginning, yes, he was young. He did not know fully of the knowledge of the right things to do, but yet God had called him. And later you'll see that he is a man after God's heart and he will be a man that God will use to use for his glory, especially during this time when everything was evil, when people were not following the ways of God. We see that God brings judgment on Eli. And Samuel, he is an honest individual. Right? He goes and he tells Eli everything that God had revealed to him in his voice. So again, having ears to hear, hearing the voice of God. Are we listening? Are we hearing God's voice today? Hearing the voice of God. Hearing from God isn't so much a matter of is God speaking, but rather, am I listening? Is it? I would listen, God, if you would just speak to me. Or are we in the spectrum of a place in our lives where we say, God, just, it's just like Samuel, here I am, Lord. I am here and I am listening. I know that you are speaking to me. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 70, specifically 17, we usually do 16, 17 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. But focusing on 17, pray continually. When it says pray continually, it doesn't mean that we go and we always speak to God, speak to Him, speak to Him. But it's also about receiving and hearing His voice. Prayer is communication. Communication isn't just one person speaking, but it's also about listening as well. You need to be balanced and you need to have both. That's why when it says pray continually, it's not always requesting and asking, but it's about listening to the voice of God. So the question is, are we listening to His voice this morning? Are we listening? Are we in the season to have ears to hear, to hear the voice, to hear the words that God is speaking to us today? He speaks we listen. We speak. God listens. God is speaking. But are we truly listening? And I want us to test our listening skills. I have two listening riddles for us. I'll start with Arlene. First riddle. Listen carefully. How many animals or species did Moses bring aboard the ark with him during the great flood? Yeah, five seconds. Five, four, yes, two, one. Okay, Jonathan? All of them? Okay, Andy? <laughs> On the trade. Rodney? One thousand. One thousand, Hiji? Chaloni? Just kidding. <laughs> I said, how many animals or species did Moses bring aboard the ark during the great flood, right? Moses didn't bring any animals. It was what? It was who? Noah. Good. Okay, I have one more, one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. One more. Let's do one more. Let's see. All right, Jonathan. 
You're driving a bus, you go east 12 miles and then turn south and go two miles and take on nine passengers. And then you turn west and go three miles and let off four passengers. How old is the bus driver? Why? Yes. Why? Because you're the bus driver. I said in the beginning, you are the bu bus driver. You are driving a bus. Good. The problem is that we only hear what we want to hear. Many times, the problem is that we miss crucial details in God's voice. And as Christians, there is no way that we can miss God's voice. Why? Because we have the Word of God. And He speaks to us every single day. May we not miss the details in God's voice. But here the context is, it says in verse 1, In those days, the Word of God was rare. It's not that God did not want to speak, but people were not listening. They did not have the ears to hear the voice of God. Now, God speaks to those, God speaks to those, number one, who seek Him daily. Who seek Him daily. To those who are true seekers of God, and the question is, are you a true seeker of God daily? Remember the important detail? In verse 2, he was lying down in his usual place. In verse 3, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was where? Lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. He spent many days, many hours seeking God in the house of God. It's not about a physical place, but it's about his desire and his worship before God. Meaning God speaks to his seekers, to those who seek him genuinely, to those who desire him. God speaks to those who earnestly seek him, just like Hannah that we read in last week in 1 Samuel chapter 2 in the beginning, Hannah prayed. If you see in chapter 1, Hannah was seeking after God. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, there was a certain man from Ramathim, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tahu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, one who was called Hannah and the other Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to what? To worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. So we see right away in point number one, those, God speaks to those who seek him daily. Subpoint letter A, true worshipers. God speaks to those who are true worshipers of God. We learn here in 1 Samuel 1, in verse 3, year after year, this man went out from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. Where who? Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli. Again, were they good? No, they were evil, they were crooked. It says they were scoundrels before God. It says in John chapter 4, verse 23, Yet a time is coming... 
and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Who does God seek? He seeks after true worshipers. Those who seek and worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And those are the type of people, those are the worshipers that the Father seeks, it says in John 4, 23. So again, God seeks, God speaks to those who seek him daily. A, true worshiper, letter B, true prayer warriors. People who pray daily, day in and day out. It says in 1 Samuel 1, 10 through 17, In our deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. We see the description here, an important description, that she was in deep anguish in verse 10. And she prayed weeping bitterly. And she made a vow that, God, if you give me a son, I'll present him to you so that he can be used for your kingdom and for your glory. For all the days of his life that you will use him. No razor will be ever used on his head. If you remember... Samson, the reason why he lost his power was because they shaved his head. It's about just being holy before God, being a holy vessel before God for God to use him. And we also learn here that praying isn't always about opening up our lips and praying out loud, but it's about praying in the heart as well. And she was pouring out her soul to the Lord in her great anguish and grief and she was blessed and what happens after that she receives her son her child samuel so it says in first samuel 120 so in the course of time hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son she named him samuel saying because i asked the lord for him let's continue first samuel 1 27 28 i pray for this child and the lord has granted me what i asked of him so now I give him to the Lord, for his whole life will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. And we see that Hannah receives the promise, receives her prayer, the prayer that she has been praying for. She receives her son, and she keeps her end of the bargain. She promised God that, God, I will give him and allow him to live for you, to live his whole life for your kingdom. And that's what she did. She presented him to the Lord. Now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he'll be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped 
the Lord there. God speaks to those who seek him daily. Again, letter A, true worshipers. Letter B, true prayer warriors. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually. Pray continually. Pray continually. Becoming a true prayer warrior has nothing to do with gender, with age, with the culture, with the background, or the family that you come from. And we continue to pray continually, as it says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Amen. Going to point number two. God speaks to those who have ears to hear daily. Amen. I'm not talking about having ears, for we all have ears. I'm talking about having ears to hear. There's a difference. The first way is the way of sin, and the second way is the way of the cross. It's the way of the flesh, and it's the way of the spirit. For those who have ears to hear are those who desire the truth of God, who desire the spirit of God. You think that God will speak to Eli in this passage. Why? Because number one, he has the age, he's older, he's mature. And number two, his position, his title. He was the priest. Why would God not speak to a priest? Why would God speak to a young boy? To Samuel at this time. Why? But we learn here that God's chain of command, the way God speaks to people is not based on your earthly status or how mature you look in this earthly age or the color of your skin, the title that you have or how much education and degrees you have. God always speaks to those who have ears to hear. And Samuel had ears to hear. He desired the presence of God. He was a man after God's heart and he desired to be holy before God because he knew that God was a holy God. We learn that God will speak to anyone through anyone whom he chooses to. That's why it says in Matthew chapter 13 verse 9 to 17 whoever has ears let them hear, Jesus says. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Are we listening? Do you hear what I'm trying to say to you right now? Do we hear what God is speaking to us right now at this moment? How come these people cannot see? 
because Jesus says they have callous hearts. Their hearts have become calloused. It's become rock, hardened, as he says in Ezekiel. They don't feel the presence of God anymore. They're not able to see. They don't have ears to hear. The people were not listening during this time. We see the description in 1 Samuel 1, 2. We're going to be on 1, 2, and 3. We're going to stay on that just in the beginning phase this week and next week and last week. And we learn a lot of description here that Eli's sons, that they were wicked. Right? They were wicked. Eli's sons were scoundrels, it says. They had no regard for the Lord. 1 Samuel 2.12 They had no regard for God, for the things of God. They were scoundrels. They were punks. They were troublemakers. They were rebellious in their ways. Are we rebellious in our ways? Are we scoundrels before God? Eli's sons were scoundrels, worthless. They had no regard for God. So when people offer sacrifices during this time, we learn even last week, that they would come with a prong, with a fork, and they would steal it, Eli and the sons, Phineas and Hophni. They loved the fat portion of the meat, but the fat portion of the meat, it was supposed to be given as a burnt offering to God. And we see that they took advantage of the people. They took advantage of the situation. And the father was the worst Eli, he allowed all this to happen. And when he had heard what was happening, he didn't go and discipline, but he kept his mouth shut. He was more concerned about the reputation of his children and his reputation. And therefore, God speaks to Samuel and says and tells Samuel that judgment will come upon Eli and all of his family. That's the sin will fall upon Eli's family and God will destroy them. God will kill them. For their hearts have become hardened, as we read here in Matthew chapter 13. They, had, they didn't have the ears to hear the voice of God. Eli did not take his authority and discipline his children. And we learn that fathers, older figures, leaders, if you do not discipline, if you do not rebuke, then you're bringing death upon that individual, upon your children. We are called to lead. And teach them at a young age to revere their God. To revere God and to worship their God. And as a man and a leader of God during this time, Eli, this was his utmost duty. But Eli neglected his duty. And he failed his children. And he failed God. And I want us to listen to me carefully. To those who reject God, to those who reject God, they will not have the ears to hear because their hearts have already turned. Calloused has become like rock. They will not have a desire or the heart to listen. Most importantly, they will not be able to listen for their hearts will be calloused. It will be impenetrable. But God speaks to those who have humble and broken and a gentle heart. 
Yes, you may have fallen. Yes, you have made mistakes. But your heart still hungers and thirsts for the living God. You know that your life source is God. When without him, I cannot live. Without him, I cannot breathe. Every breath that I take, every air that I breathe right now is because of God. And when we have that kind of heart and that attitude, God will speak to us. God speaks to us. God is speaking to us. And the question is, are we listening? Are we listening? If you cannot hear God, it is not God's fault. It is your fault. You have turned your heart into a rock. And you're in a dangerous place. You cannot blame anyone but yourself. You cannot blame anyone, any individual. You cannot blame your parents. You cannot blame your background. You cannot blame the circumstances and situations. You cannot blame your leaders or your pastor. You must take ownership of your own life. Are we in a position to hear the voice of God? Are we listening carefully to the voice of God? Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they were intentional in their rejection towards God. They were deliberate in their action, in their sin. So point here, again, God speaks to those who have ears to hear daily. Letter A, they sinned. Letter B, they ignored. And letter C, they heeded not. So what do I mean by that? They sinned. They were not able to hear because they sinned intentionally. They were not able to hear the voice of God. They were intentional in their sins. Letter B, they ignored. They constantly, I'm talking about continual, continually, continuously, they ignore God. Therefore, they are not able to hear the voice of God. And let us see, they heeded not. They did not take heed of God's warning every day. They took God's warning lightly. Eli took the warning of God lightly. This was not his first time hearing the warning. Even right now at this moment, this was God's mercy to Eli as God spoke to Samuel. Why didn't, why didn't Eli go on his knees and pray to God? Why was he so proud that he just let it be? What happened with David, with Bathsheba, when he was confronted by the prophet Nathan? He went, he went on his knees, put on ashes and cloth, ripped his robe, and went and repented before God. We see a deep contrast here between Eli and David. They couldn't hear because they sinned intentionally. They ignore God constantly, continuously, and they heeded not God's warning. They were too proud. They grew too proud. I pray that we would not be in this category where we are sinning intentionally, we're ignoring God continually, and we're not taking heed of God's warning, the warning that God is speaking to us today. Amen? And last point for here this morning is God speaks to those who read his word daily who read his word daily. God speaks through his word. There's no doubt about it. 
God speaks to us every single day through his word. The word of God is the living word. God is speaking right now as we speak. Therefore, we must put our distractions aside. We must stop being distracted. We must hurry and be quick to listen, to open up our Bibles, to read, and to listen to what God is speaking to us. You have to cancel all the worldly noises and the distractions. So many people, they neglect the Word of God, which is the the book of life, and they go and seek spiritists, they seek fortune tellers, they seek mediums, spiritual guidance, mediums. Even Christians are falling into this trap. They go and see mediums and they see gurus, spiritual gurus. They're looking at the world for answers. But you must cancel out these noises because the Bible is very clear about these noises. It says in Deuteronomy 18, 9-12, it says occult practices that when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices what? Divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or who is a medium or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is what? Detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Occult. What does the occult mean? It means dealing with supernatural and magical influences. It's satanic. You must stay away from spirits. You must stay away from mediums. You must stay away from fortune tellers. Those little buildings that you see where it says they're tarot cards, they're Uji boards, or they'll tell you your future. You must avoid that. You must pray when you drive by it. Whenever I drive by, I pray against it in Jesus' name. I say, in Jesus' name, be gone. You have to have that kind of confidence in God. We must not be distracted by worldly things. And this is happening right now. If you're in a bubble right now, living in this world as a Christian, people are seeking these spiritual guides. People are going to these places because they are looking for answers in life and they will not find answers in this life. For it is led by Satan himself. As Christians, we have the word of God. The word of God is our guide, is our navigation. The word of God is our food. Leviticus 19.31 says, Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists. For you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord. When I say mediums, what, what is a medium? Medium is a communicator between spirits, between the living who are us and the dead. So you see a lot of people, when they lose a loved one, they go to these mediums and they want to speak to their dead father or a dead brother or a dead friend. And they're this person who brings allows the dead and the living to communicate to each other. Do not turn to mediums or seek out spirits, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord, your God. Do not live in a bubble. This is serious. This is what's happening right now. This is the reality that we're living in. If you ever go on missions and travel, it's not just happening overseas. It's happening right here in USA. 
Why? Why must we not turn to mediums and seek out spirits? Why does God tell us that you'll be defiled by them? I am the Lord your God. Why? The answer is found in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26. You are to be what? Holy to me. Because why? I, the Lord, am holy. And I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. Why is God warning us of these things? Because the world, they're sacrificing and they're worshiping Satan. And they're blinded by the God of this age. Who is the God of this age? Is Satan himself. We see here in Deuteronomy 18 what we just read earlier. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, casts spells who is medium, or practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells who is a medium or spirit who consults the dead. I mean, how evil can a people be? They fall in that same category because it's all part of the Satan kingdom where they would go and sacrifice their son and daughter in the fire. They're killing and sacrificing human beings, babies. So you see a lot of times in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when God says, wipe out these nations, Israel. Wipe them out, these evil nations. These people were doing detestable practice before God. They were seeking the world for its wisdom. And what are we seeing right now? Millions and millions and millions and millions of babies being aborted. And we see it happening right in front of us. Are we in God? Or are we living a life without God? Are we people who can see the truth with our spiritual eyes? Or are we blinded and we cannot see what is happening right in front of us? The world will push you to seek fortune tellers, will push you to seek spiritual mediums, they will push you to play a dangerous game for fun, Uji boards with your friends, never do any of that, never touch it, don't even go near it. Not because you're afraid of it, but you cancel it in Jesus' name, because that's all satanic, all that stuff, tarot cards. And what's crazy is that Christians are falling into this category. They're using Christian tarot cards. Sometimes they go into a dead grave, a leader, a pastor who is already dead, grave-soaking, trying to get their anointing. How crazy and how out of mind, out of touch must you be for you to go and seek these kind of behaviors? It's a complete no in the kingdom of God. And Koreans are notorious for fortune-telling. Fortune-telling means predicting the person's future. And that's the root that we all come from. But now we are in Christ. And we cancel all that in Jesus' name. We cancel it out. And I pray that whenever you see or pass by these buildings, that you pray against it in Jesus' name, just like I do. And that you seek the word of God and not worldly advices. Amen? It says in Isaiah eight nineteen. 
When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? We consult God, the living God, not the ways of this world, not the dark and evil forces of this world. No one can predict your past, your present, or your future other than God. The question is, are we listening to his voice? Your life is in his hands. Your life is not, your future is not predicted by a person. It is God that determines our steps and the years and the days that we live here on earth. And if you're alive here today, You're here for a purpose, not to seek the things of this world, not to seek the advice from fortune tellers and people of this world, but you're here to seek God himself and to be known by God and to have a relationship with the living God. I pray, just like Samuel, that we will hear the voice of God today. Is he speaking? Yes. He's speaking through the word. He speaks to us daily through the word, through his word, through the word that we read every single day. And the question is, are you faithfully reading and meditating on the word of God? Are you? Do you actually read during the week? Do you actually take the time during the day to read the scripture? Or is the only time that you read is when you come on Thursday and on Sunday when we read together as a church? How can we survive in one meal in the week or two meals? Some of you, you eat. I know you eat four or five meals a day sometimes, snacking all day, all day, every day. May we snack on and dine in the word of God every single day, every single day, every single day. Are you faithfully reading and meditating on the word of God daily, every single day? Let's go over the points real quick. God speaks to those, number one, who seek him daily. Daily. Amen. Number two, God speaks to those, number two, who have ears to hear daily. Ears to hear means you have a relationship with God. You desire to do his works. You desire to grow closer to him who have ears to hear daily. The people who cannot are those who are sinning intentionally. They are ignoring God constantly. And they're not taking God's warning. They're not heeding to God's warning every single day. And number three, God speaks to those who what? Amen. May you read the word of God daily and be strengthened daily and not to get lost in the advice and in the words of this world, of what is happening around us. I want you guys to take this seriously. I want you guys to take this to your heart and may you be fed, may you be filled with the word of God this morning as we continue on with this authentic Christianity series. Life in God, having ears 
to hear. May you have ears to hear. Amen. Closing with this. God speaks to those who cry out to him and who desire his holy presence. So with that, can we just bow our heads? Understand this, that God can speak to anyone. He can speak to a person in the desert as he spoke to Moses in the burning bush. God can speak to a person who is in a wrong path like Paul when he was persecuting Christians on the road to Damascus. God can speak to a humble and a broken individual, a sick individual, sick individual, a sick child, a person who is going through a hardship. God speaks. And the question is, are we listening? It is up to us to hear the voice of God. God's very presence is here with us right now speaking to us. And the question is, are we listening? His presence is accessible here today. Are we listening? Are we hearing? The problem is not God. It's not whether God is speaking. Is God speaking to me? He is speaking. It is up to us. It is us. Are we listening to his voice? You are filled with so much junk. How can you enjoy a healthy meal when all you're doing is eating chocolates and chips all throughout? How do you expect to be spiritually healthy if all you're doing is feeding yourself with spiritual junk, with junk of this world? May you be fed with the healthy, the whole food of God, His Word of God. Do not be filled with the junk where you cannot have and hear and listen to the voice of God. You have become impenetrable. Your heart has become impenetrable. You have listened to too many noises. You are too distracted and you cannot hear the voice of God. Are you listening? Are you reading? Are you praying? Are you seeking? Are you seeking Him today? Are you seeking Him day in and day out during the week when you're not at church? Are you spending your time in the presence of God, being in His presence? I pray that you be in His presence today. I pray that you will listen to His voice today. Hear His voice, for He is speaking to you. God is speaking to you in the season of desert that you're in. God is speaking to you. So right now, in the quietness of our voice, and as we pray, and as Hannah pray in her heart, can we just pray in the whispers of our hearts, and at the same time, hear and listen to what God is speaking, and what God is saying to us this morning. Let us pray together.
When the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication, a young man applied for a job as a Morse code operator. Answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the office address that was listed. When he arrived, the young man entered a large, busy office filled with noise and clatter, including the sound of the telegraph in the background, a sound on the a sign on the receptionist counter instructed job applicants to fill out a form and wait until they were summoned to enter the inner office. The young man filled out his form and sat down with the seven other applicants in the waiting area. After a few minutes, he stood up, crossed the room to the door of the inner office, and walked right in. Naturally, the other applicants perked up, wondering what was happening. They muttered amongst themselves that they hadn't heard any summons yet. Surely the young man went into the office by mistake and would be disqualified. Within a few minutes, however, the employer escorted the young man out of the office and said to the other applicants, Gentlemen, thank you very much for coming, but the job has just been filled. The other applicants began grumbling to each other, and one spoke up saying, wait a minute, I don't understand. He was the last to come in, and we never even got a chance to be interviewed. Yet he got the job? That's not fair. I'm sorry, but all the time you've been sitting here, the telegraph has been taking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. None of you heard it or understood it. This young man did. The job is his. You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. I pray, I pray, I pray that we will not miss the train, that we will not miss His voice, what God is speaking to us right now. May we receive the job and be commended. Good job, good job, well done. 
my good and faithful child. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, may we hear your voice today to follow your heart, O God, that our hearts will not be calloused and impenetrable, but may it be soft, be like sponge to soak up your word and to be like flesh to hear and to feel your presence once again. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord, for your servants are listening. Speak to me, Lord, for I am listening. Speak to me, Lord, for I am listening. Speak to me during this week, God, for I am listening. I cancel out every noise and every distraction. Speak to me, God, for I desire to hear your voice. I desire to know your will for my life. Speak to me, God, for I am here, Lord. I'm hungry and I'm desperate for your presence, oh God. I need you right now. More than yesterday, I need you more today. Help me to love you more today. I love you more today than yesterday, oh God. We love you. We thank you. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. Before we pray, uh, I'm going to invite the praise team. And can we all stand to our feet and make this our offering song before God? That we will be still and know that He is God. And that today that we'll be still and hear His voice this morning. Worship Him in spirit and truth. Just like we went over in Matthew 13. True worshipers are the people that God seeks. Let's worship together.